The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us anytime on the show. Join us live today. It's Friday, September 11th. Man, Friday, September 11th, 2015. Uh, we want to pay our re- respect and dues to uh, the fatal tragedy that happened September 11, 2001. Um, from the respects from the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show on Voice America here. Um, going out to this special day, the day that will never be forgotten, always be remembered. Yesterday, last night, Thursday. NFL kicked off. Uh, we entitled it the Gentleman's Holiday, and today's the day after. Now it's time to discuss. And the Patriots kicked it off the way that they've been known to kick it off and been known lately of what they're known for as the cheaters. In some type of way, they found a way to cheat, you know, uh, that's just by, I don't know, speculation. But we'll get into that. Also, uh, NFL weekend is going to kick off Sunday. A lot of games to be played Sunday, a lot of rivalries. Um, fantasy football owners, it is time to get your pencils and pads and everything together ready to tune into each and every game, each and every stat. You know how that goes for this weekend. Also, some college football is going to kick off of week two. And, you know, some bigger games this weekend. I like the huge matchup between Oregon and Michigan State, which we will dis- be discussing also today in, in today's show. But... To turn it back around, last night, Thursday, was a great, great football game to kick off Thursday night football between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. And I thought it was I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, Pittsburgh looked fairly lost uh, through most throughout most of the game, but they stayed in they stayed within the game. They 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 had more total yards overall. They had bigger plays. Uh more amazing plays than I think New England did. New England's just the same old Patriots, uh just you know, dip and dash up and down the field on the offensive end, give Gronk the football in the red zone, you know the end of the story. And um, some guys that stood out to me on New England's offensive side, besides Brady and Gronk, of course, uh, I like the running back, Lewis. Lewis looked phenomenal until towards the end of the game. Uh, he had a big fumble at the goal line, which could have went the other way. But instead, it ended up going New England's way once again, and it ended up with a touchdown on that drive to – Put the game up and, and out of hand at to make it at that point. It was 28-14. But uh, I, I liked his play overall. I think he, he had a, a he had one drop as well uh, in which Tom Brady gave him a look of defeat. I mean, it just it, it, it made Tom Brady so sick. It was just an out, um, just a flare route from the backfield. But at the same time, I mean, I thought the kid played phenomenal. I thought he had a great, great ball game. Um, ran the ball very hard for New England. 
And, you know, he he ran with a lot of confidence for a guy just to be thrown in, you know, at the spirit of the moment because you have LeGarrette Blunt, who was suspended uh, for the Patriots in the backfield and then, you know, other injuries and everything. So a guy getting his first NFL start, first game of the year, and he looked he looked pretty good. And that was the whole key to, you know, New England's game on the offensive end. How would they running back turn out? How would the running game end up? And he ended up, you know, 15 carries, 69 yards, but he also made some plays in the receiving game as well. He had four catches, 51 yards, and he was very impactful in Deion Lewis. Um, also, Julian Edelman came to play, uh, huge plays. I mean, he did not score a touchdown. Um, as of last night, but I mean, you could tell he's going to be a huge source, huge impact on, and you know, this new New England's offense, especially with Brendan LaFell being out. Um, Danny Amendola, you know, he was there, but he was not, you know, making that many plays. He was only targeted three times, but Julian Edelman was targeted 12 and caught 11 passes. I mean, that was phenomenal. Gronk just came to play three touchdowns. I was kind of saddened because, um, not only was the display of Gronk was amazing, but I figured out last night that I was going against Gronk in my fantasy, in one of my fantasies, especially this is one of my bigger fantasies where we're talking money. And, you know, I was I was just happy that for the NFL to be kicking off. I'm in Old Town Scottsdale, sitting up at Marley's, watching the game, some good friends, good people. And I realized, I looked down at my fantasy, you know, just seeing, oh, man, I make sure I got my roster set up. Uh, who do I have playing tonight? And I had Gronk. Uh, I had Gurkowski, the kicker for the Patriots. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a couple points. And I'm like, no, let me just look at to see who my opponent is. It was a great friend of mine. And he ended up killing me last night. I mean, he, he right now he has a 44-point, 40, 43-point um, winning over me. He, he's, he's killing me right now, overall, right now. And he had two guys last night with Gronk tearing it up mostly. And he also had D'Angelo Williams, who... It's the starter right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had a phenomenal game last night, I thought, for the offensive end, even though the offense made a ton of mistakes in which, you know, they they could have won this game by much more than what they displayed. They could have put up way more points than 21 in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But D'Angelo Williams, I mean, 21 carries, 127 yards, first game starting as a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he's not running a ball at 230 pounds like the way he did in Carolina, um, but he, he has made his statement of, "Hey, I'm I'm still here. I'm still effective in this in this league. I still have a lot to show. I cut down my weight to around the two fifteen, two twenty range, and let's go." And I thought his game was phenomenal. I think he kept you know the the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know that momentum on that offensive end. I mean, Big Ben, he didn't look too bad. He did throw, had one turnover, but. On the third down conversions, you know, that's when guys were not making a lot of plays. And you had a lot of drops. Um, one guy in particular that I called out last night was Marcus Wheaton. I mean, the guy was targeted seven times and only ended up with three catches for 55 yards. And he had some terrible drops on third down conversions, in which they really needed. It was a great line and sight to see Darius Hayward Bay finally come to light. I haven't heard or seen this guy since he'd been drafted in Oakland because he had the fastest 40 time in the seventh round. And one of the uh, bigger plays that Pittsburgh Steelers made at the beginning of the, of the ball game was the Harry. They just threw it up to Darius Harry Bay. He just ran past the defender. 
I mean, you got the guy four two four three forty speed. All he did was just take off and run, and he made a play. And I was like, wow! I was shocked. I was like, okay, they have another receiver who can replace Martavius Bryant until he gets an injury uh, together because he did not play last night. Aside of Antonio Brown, who had a field day against Mar- Malcolm Butler. Now, no disrespect to Malcolm Butler. You all know him as a Super Bowl hero for the New England Patriots who stepped in front of Lockett, the receiver for the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl last season, and picked off Russell Wilson to end the ball game. So he's a Super Bowl hero. And not only that, Darrell Revis, Brandon Browner, they're not in town anymore. They're not in New England anymore. They're no longer Patriots. So that next big corner that they had to put in there was Malcolm Butler and I thought he did I, I thought he did his job he, he did what he can do you're talking about week one against the number one wide receiver in the NFL Antonio Brown and I thought he played well yeah Antonio Brown started to get off during the garbage points time uh finally is when he scored a touchdown at the towards the end of the game let the game with two seconds left I mean who really cares um but I thought he played well but Antonio Brown still showed you why, you know, he's number one. But coming, you know, he's no Darrell Revis in Malcolm Butler, but he is a Super Bowl hero, and he didn't look too bad. Um, that was the matchup I was, you know, waiting to see. You know, can he continue on this this hype, you know, this momentum coming off the Super Bowl, being a hero into the play of, you know, to the NFL game, continuing on from day one, not just, you know, during the Super Bowl, but – I thought he played fairly well. I thought he looked nice. Um, but at the same time, New England had a young defense, especially young secondary out there. Guys are getting used to playing with each other um, in, you know, for a whole season, for a whole ball game. You know, Malcolm Butler's no longer that nickel corner anymore. Now he's the impactful corner shutdown that's going to guard the number one man every single game. We saw that. Everywhere Antonio Brown went on the field, Malcolm Butler was in his face. And, you know, he didn't look too bad. Antonio Brown is a fast, quick receiver. So, yeah, some of his speed did catch Malcolm Butler off, off guard. But he did enough to, to to hold and, you know, making sure Antonio Brown was not the impactful player the whole game. And, you know, their pass rush was 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 well against Big Ben. Um, but, you know, it, Pittsburgh just looked at so – just it, it looked like they'd never played together or it was just mistakes after mistakes. It just looked like they weren't comfortable to play this game last night. And then the whole speculation at the end of the game, of course, there's going to be some type of ideal of cheating or speculation throughout this game against the New England Patriots. I thought some calls that went to Patriots way were pretty shaky. I mean, I, I felt kind of bad for Pittsburgh. Um, they, you know, it was one play uh, in the fourth quarter their left tackle, uh, or actually their right tackle, got called for the hands to the illegal hands to the face against a New England defender when the defender was just falling on the ground, and the guy hand just slipped and touched the guy's face mask, and the helmet came off. It was due to the the momentum of that defender falling to the ground. He had so much force that he just slipped and fell, and the guy hand just got caught up in the helmet. You can't call that. That's not a hands illegal hands to the face. That was a very legal play. The guy just lost his footing. And it ended up costing uh, Pittsburgh Steelers a 15-yard penalty. They were had the ball inside the two-yard line at the time. The game was 21-14. And it ended up, you know, with... No, I'm sorry. The game was... It was 21-11. 
It was huge impactful because now they got to move back 15 yards. Not only that, Big Ben took a sack the next play. So now you have to settle for a field goal. It was that impactful. And, you know, that, that right, that left tackle or that right tackle, he, he has to move on from that play because the next play, the defender just destroyed the one on one blocking scheme and he ended up sacking Big Ben. And it was, you know, as a right tackle, you got to get past it. But it was just those little calls, those little speculations. Of course, that you're going to get in New England. You have to almost play a perfect game, no matter if it's the first game or if it's the last game. You have to come in there prepared for anything. Be You have to fight adversity if you're going to win in Foxborough, period. You already know something's going to go funny, something's going to go fishy. That's the NFL. That's, you know, especially playing in Foxborough. I don't think Pittsburgh looked too bad. I mean, they were still in the game. They ended up with more total overall total yards. On the offensive end, they had the ball for a longer possession. It was just those little calls and those little mistakes that cost him. You know, Pittsburgh didn't feel too happy about that due to some of the headsets. And that's what we're definitely going to discuss. We're going to take a quick break. Don't change the dial. We'll be back. Call me last of the Sports Talk Show Friday, September 11th, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Does the coming hunting seasons hold success for you? Well, this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, we're focusing on the 2015 wild game forecast with the latest dish on population numbers, season dates, overall game health, and lots more. And joining us will be Stan Potts and Nate Hossie. Plus Tom McMillan, John Divney, and Joe Kinney of KOVE. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. 
Join us at any time, Monday through Friday, except for Wednesday when we are out and about. Demi Lache is here in studio, riding solo for today. Uh, Friday, Friday, September 11th. Man, I, I, what a, what an impactful day. What a powerful day that in, um, in our era, in this lifetime, um, that will always be remembered. Uh, I remember where I was. You know, I was whew, young guy. I was in like fifth grade. I remember I was at home, and when you know, when everything started to go, when everything started to happen, it was early morning, and um, I was actually running late for school, of course. And and my mom, she couldn't get me off the TV because I was tuning in to what was going on, but I really didn't understand it at the time. You know, I'm young, fifth grade. I was what eleven years old. Didn't really understand, and it wasn't until I know how impactful it was till I got to school and seeing uh, a lot of the teachers' reactions. And all of my teachers, you know, they were, you know, teary-eyed and crying, and I didn't know what was going on. We watched it the whole day. We watched the news. We pretty much shut down school, and everyone started to watch, you know, what was going on. And they actually sent us home early as well. So not only did I go to school late, I went home early. But besides that, the, besides the point, man, it was a very impactful day, day that we will never f- remember, the day that we will never forget, the day that we will always definitely remember. Um, it, it's crazy. It's awesome to see where we are as a country, you know, years from where it was and uh, how impactful and how, you know, quickly, you know, we grew from that. We grew together as a country. It was amazing. So always remember, you know, September 11th. Everyone, you know, dealing in the World Trade Centers, that day, how impactful that day was, um, really made this country that much stronger. So discussing last night, New England Patriots, of course, America's new team, I guess you could say. Uh, the fans, what, what did, now last night was a huge display of the type of fans that New, new England Patriots have. It was rumored that, you know, if Tom Brady did not play tonight, if he was still s- serving his suspension and missing out on this game, on, you know, the flag, the banner being raised, uh, the Super Bowl champions, their fourth banner, that if he was not going to play, they were going to raise a banner that had the number 12 on it. Of course, Tom Brady's number, three-time Super Bowl MVP, four-time champ. That would have been crazy instead of raising you know the team banner the super bowl championship banner they were going to raise the banner in honor of tom brady if he would have started his, his suspension I, I find that funny i find that kind of odd i mean you, that, yes tom brady is a very impactful player on the team of course he's the starting quarterback he's everywhere in the media he's the guy he's the news he's the face of the nfl in some type of way but to you know, to discriminate, you know, what the whole team put together, I think I'll find that kind of odd. I'll find that kind of kind of shady, you know. If I'm like, hey, man, we don't, whatever is going on between, you know, Brady, Deflategate, whatever that may be, let it be. But that was a team victory. That was a team season. Uh, Darrell Reeves had a lot to do with that. Let's, let's not forget. Malcolm Butler sure showed why he was very important during that Super Bowl victory. So, that's just how New England Patriots fans are. They just really revive and just live off of the success of Brady and what he brings to the table. I'm not trying to be a hater because, you know, I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, but I love the game of Tom Brady. I love the way he plays. I love the way he throws the ball. can, you know, pick and piece apart a defense. I mean, it's amazing to watch him do. It's like 
you know, watching an orchestra play. I mean, he just knits and grinds up and down the field, just like how he displayed last night. But along with this whole deflate gate issue, there's always something, some type of speculation that goes on. You know, following the game, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, who I'm a huge fan of as well, uh, I, I kind of lost, you know, a couple – couple of inches of respect for Tom, for Tom, Mike Tomlin. I mean, I, re, I understand as a head coach, you know, you got to have communication throughout your team. You got to have communication on your sidelines throughout the game. And you can tell with some of the big plays that were made that, you know, it had to do with some type of breakdown, some type of huge miscommunication, especially coming into the second half. You know, you, you, you got a chance to make a stop or a drive. It was 21-14. You just came off a field goal, off an emotional drive. That ended what I talked about earlier about a guy getting hands in the face illegally. But the defense came out flat the very first play, and Gronkowski took off for a 54-yard reception. Um, you could tell it was, it was times where plays were not communicated the right way. Some guys were in man. Some guys were in a zone coverage. Some guys were in cover two. The other guys were in cover three. They did not know what's going on, and especially with a young defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers, it it, it looked it, it looked atrocious. It was it was very embarrassing. And I was wondering, you know, while watching the game, I'm like, what is going on? You know, as a as a football guy, as a football background, I'm thinking in my head, something's not being communicated because it was plays where they had nine guys on the field, ten guys on the field. Uh, it was plays where they were still trying to get the call. In New England, that's how they scored in their very first play with Gronkowski catching the ball, walking into the end zone. So it would, you know, it was at first I was like, oh my God, this, this young defense is, they don't know what the, how to play football. They don't know what's going on. They, they still think it's preseason. But at the same time, I, I, I had to look out for them and I had to put myself in their shoes and be like, man, what, what's the real deal that's going on here? It's something that's, it, something's not getting communicated the right way on that defense, because the offense they sure as they sure as heck looked like they they were communicating pretty well. Yeah, there was a couple drops by Marcus Wheaton. You know, I'm gonna be on his head because I know he's an Arizona guy and I've met the guy's family. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, but you know, he he had a couple plays where he he could have been you know the key component. But I'm not putting it all on his shoulders at the same time. Um, but at the same time, for that defense to have so many miscommunication problems, I was wondering, you know, something's not something's not right. They need to. There's no way game one, you know, you should be having this many mishaps. You mean this is stuff you're supposed to go through during preseason? This is game one. You had four plus weeks to get this game right, to get each and every game correct. Yeah, there's going to be mistakes throughout the game, but not out of position. Not having less than eleven guys on the field. I mean, it, it was just atrocious. It was hard to watch. But yet again, they only lost by seven. Um, and then Mike Tomlin came out to the game talking about, you know, he blames New England for the communication issues um, on their headsets. And I find that kind of odd because I don't see Mike Tomlin being that, the excuse type of guy. I, I'm not an excuse type of guy. I can't stand excuses, especially at the end of the game when the Colts were complaining about deflating the footballs or whatnot. I was like, come on, guys. You, you, y'all got tore up. It doesn't matter. Y'all couldn't move the ball regardless if it was flat balls or full balls. Y'all still, there was no tackling. There was no, nothing, nothing to be said. And, you know, I'm not an excuseful type of guy. I can't stand excuses. And, you know, I felt like Mike Tomlin, you know, this was a huge excuse on his end. I mean, because you just have to always be prepared for whatever. You have to adapt to it. 
yeah, you can mention, oh, yeah, we had, you know, headset miscommunication issues. But to throw it on New England saying, you know, what what else do you expect? You know, this is New England. You already got the uh, the Patriots fans chanting, where is Roger, throwing so much shade towards the commissioner. I thought that was pretty uh, odd and, you know, pretty rude. But at the same time, made a lot of sense. It was pretty funny. Um, but to, to see Mike Tomlin, you know, talk about that, and now they're going to, start going into investigation over the headsets. And it's going to be, I feel like uh, that there's going to be some type of trend. Every game in Foxborough, if you come out with a loss or maybe a win, that there's going to be some type of speculation from each team, you know, issue. But the but the, but the part that stood out to me where I kind of understood where Mike Thomas was coming from, he was like, you know, this is not the first time this is happening in New England. It's always something. Why talk about it now with everything? Why why time it up now with the whole deflate gate? It was raining weather, you know, things can go wrong with, you know, electronics in the wet weather. I don't know. I I just don't like to pull out electronics in the wet weather time and you know, anything can go anything can happen. What if there was no headsets? What if the power would have went out? Then what you got then what's the excuse? You know, that find a find another way, hand communication, something. So your players can understand. There's no excuse for not having 11 guys on the field. There is no excuse for not lining a man up over Rob Gronkowski, the best tight end in the NFL game, in the red zone to not put someone over him. There is no excuse for not having the effort to guard him one-on-one and having Tom Brady lob up a ball with the guy not even being touched, without Gronk even being touched on the play for a touchdown. There's no excuses for that. That has to do with your guys not being prepared, not you know ready to to play on that next play, that next game, you know the next opportunity. So I found I found out you know that was kind of odd, and I hope I don't see this you know in the upcoming season when games are being played, you know in New England, and you know that coach after coach is going to come up with type some type of excuse. Um, I thought it was it was it was a great game overall. Um, my fantasy is it's pretty blown up right now. I'm kind of embarrassed to, um, you know, to continue on this 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 week this game. But you know, it's 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 a huge week of football with fantasy. That's that's the thing. You could be down by so much on Thursday or going into a Friday or, but it's fantasy. Anything can happen. You know, that's why it's entitled a fantasy. You know, it, you predict, you can guess as much as you want, but it's a fantasy because once the reality comes back in the hand. That's when things get real. Um, so, yeah, the guy who chosen to get Gronk, I mean, bless you, man. Bless you, brother. Because if you ended up winning off his electrifying game and the lack thereof New England or Pittsburgh's, you know, communication issues on the defense, then congrats. You deserve it. Thanks, Mike Tom. Thank you, thank you, Pittsburgh, for, you know, having the messed up headsets. Because now, you know, I'm taking a big loss on my fantasy. I'm being pretty... I'm not, I'm not being fair at all, but it is what it is. Um, but going back, you know, to seeing where the Steelers are, you know, I, I predicted them to be, you know, an AFC, in the AFC championship game. I predicted, you know, them in Indianapolis or them in New England, whatever. I thought Pittsburgh was going to be the team to be. And they did not look that bad. I mean, their offensive game was very explosive with not even their best talent even on the field. Or not even their better players. Like I told you, I give a lot of kudos to the hard-running D'Angelo Williams. I mean, this guy is his first game in. 
You know, I, w- I didn't think he was even going to, you know, top 70 yards, but he did that. He went for 127 on, what, 21 carries. Did not fumble the football. They only had one turnover. But it's so costly against a team like New England. You just cannot allow that to happen. I'm done with that game. We're going to take another quick break here. After the break, we're going to discuss, you know, college football this weekend, some big games kicking off, some, you know, top 25 teams going head-to-head at one another, and some more, you know, some odd feature games that you're not used to seeing. Those are going to kick off as well. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Don't change the dial, and we'll be right back. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us at any time. Demi Lachey is here in studio live on this Friday. Beautiful Friday out here in the Phoenix area. Um, also out here that's going on in Arizona is these Arizona snipers around on the freeways. Uh, from my knowledge that they have still not captured or um, found anyone just yet but they're fairly close so please be careful please uh you know watch around your surroundings and you know traveling around this arizona area this phoenix area for sure um on these highways going into college football for this weekend it's week two week one was very exciting you got to see all you know your your favorite teams getting back out there uh you know it was not many upsets there was a couple but Nothing too spectacular. I mean, I don't think Texas A&M and Arizona State, I don't think that was really an upset because you got a team like Texas A&M playing in the, you know, the SEC going against a Pac-12, you know, uh, opponent in Arizona State. But 
to be that highly ranked to get beat that bad, I mean, that has a lot to do with Arizona State. Not necessarily uh, Texas A&M at all. Uh, but going into week two, uh, I think it's going to be, you're going to see a little m- bit more, you know, upsets, some upsets alerts that's going to be happening. Uh, kick off tonight's game uh, in, in-house, in-state rivalry. I mean, these are some of the great ball games to watch because you know these teams are very familiar with one another. And it's the Utah Utes, you know, they're hosting Utah State. I think that's going to be a great game. You're going to see, you know, a bigger Pac-12 team go against, you know, the Mountain West of Utah Utah State. Uh, that's going to be a, a great game to watch. You know, tune into it on ESPN2 tonight. Um, if you're, you know, you're definitely a college fan, I will watch that game. Watching two in-house rivalries, if you don't have anything else to watch on this beautiful Friday uh, evening, please tune into that sports-wise. Some bigger games that's going on this weekend. I mean, the biggest one of them all is the biggest rematch from last season. That was very impactful for both of these programs, both of these teams. And that's the Michigan State Spartans hosting, you know, the Oregon Ducks. Oregon Ducks are finally traveling outside of that beautiful stadium that they have designed by Nike and everything about it. Uh, They're finally getting out of there, going to go play a tough team. In my perspective, they finally get to travel outside, you know, the Pac-12, because I think that's the only time they travel to play a big-time opponent. Everyone else has to go to Oregon. I find that kind of odd. But, you know, they they get a chance to change my mindset, and they get to travel. Traveling to East Lansing, up there in Michigan, home of Big Ten football, and Mark D'Antoni. I think his guys are ready to go, home of Connor Cook. He gets to get the rematch against Oregon, which they, which last year game, you know, it started off pretty well, and then it got brutal. You know, Marcus Mariota's no longer there. Now you got the young kid in Devontae Adams. Well, he's not younger. He's a senior this year, but he's young to the Oregon program is what I'm saying. And not only that, he's traveling to a Michigan State team. Now, Devontae Adams, in which he displayed great football and playing at the FCS level um, at Eastern Washington, you know, he, he played great football. He played some, you know, bigger programs in which, um, you know, he dominated. He, he played fairly great football. But he has not played a Big Ten opponent. He has not played a Big Ten opponent in like opponent in like, uh, you know, the Michigan State Spartans, in which Sparty Mark D'Antoni is known for a blitz-heavy defense. So we're going to see how, you know, Adams – control you know this ball game we're going to see how if he can take the pressure of handling you know this Michigan State defense you know player to play the pressure to make plays to make the dump passes to you know to make sure he can get the right cost to you know put his old lineman you know in the best situation because you know Michigan State they go man heavy you know over the top you know underneath they're going to blitz you over the top, you know, they're going to, you're going to go man free in a lot of situations, especially that third down uh, region. Once it's third down, you know that blitz is coming. You know, is Adams going to be able to stand in there to hold his own and to make plays, kind of like he did last week against this old Eastern Washington team? But other than that, I mean, we're talking Big Ten. We're talking Mark D'Antoni, Michigan State Spartans football. You know, this team um, – they're going to prepare well for Vernon Adams. They're going to make sure, you know, they can do all they can. They know he's an athlete. They know he can scramble and run around a lot. But can he handle the pressure? That's what I think the biggest opponent this this season's team, the big rematch, is, you know, where is Vernon Adams going to – how is he going to handle the pressure? Hopefully, 
is he going to force throws? Because once you start forcing things against Michigan State, that's when they thrive and they win big. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk, 888-346-9144, the number to call in, join us anytime. Also returning for the Oregon Ducks, you get Royce Freeman. And, you know, last season, in, or last week, he ran for a career high, 180 yards, three touchdowns, helping, you know, that Ducks offense just, you know, demolish Eastern Washington in their FCS um, opponent. And this season, you know, this, this coming up week, he did not, played that much. I mean, he played a little, but he didn't play too much, uh, especially when the game was uh, impactful in the first half last season with Michigan State and Oregon with the game up there in Oregon. But I think Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman is going to have an impact as well. You know, depending on that running game, that's going to be tough against a blitz-heavy Michigan State team. We're going to see if he can handle, you know, that situation. Also, you know, Michigan State's offense, they started off pretty slow to me last week. Uh, yeah, they played a in-state opponent, uh, a rival, I guess you could say, in some some way, somehow, in the Western Michigan Broncos. But uh, they they often started, you know, kind of kind of slow. They came out the first drive, you know, they scored. Uh, they the running back scored like two touchdowns in the first half. But at times, you know, it was those third down conversions in which the Broncos kept stopping them at. And you know, I want to see how to, how can they overcome that. I want to see if they can change anything that they did last from last season, you know, different from what they can do and make an impact this season. You know, Connor Cook, he is, you know, he's ready to go. And I think he he owes this Michigan State team against an Oregon opponent. Uh, he owes them big time. You know, this is a top 10 matchup. Um, the first one, I believe, of the, of the season thus far, you know, outside of the SEC matchup. So, of course, you're going to see a bunch of, top five, top ten uh, matchups throughout the season. But, I mean, this one here, you got a team all the way from, you know, coming from one direction from the West Coast all the way to the to their Midwest region, you know, to the north. And, you know, it's going to be a battle. You're going to see two teams just go at it. I cannot wait for this game to happen Saturday evening. Um, you know, we're speaking of last season, you know, this game was very impactful for both programs. I'll say that because – I don't think Oregon would have reached the national championship if they would have taken that loss against Michigan State. Michigan State would have been in the playoffs. Trust me. They would have been in the playoff system last season if they did not take this loss against Oregon. And, you know, they had a they took another loss against Ohio State. But I think that loss against Oregon pretty much, uh, you know, changed their mindset. You know, it was kind of like they went to the Ohio State game, like, oh, we have to beat them. In which, yeah, they set themselves up for that. But at the same time, um, it was more pressure going into that game. Because even if they, even, even they would have taken that loss against Ohio State and they would have had no other losses on the season, I think they still would have made the playoffs some way, somehow. Um, but, you know, now you get to get the rematch. Now you are the number five team. Oregon is the number seventeen. Now Oregon is considered, you know, the younger opponent overall. With as far as talking, you know, returner starting, you know, experience on the field. Michigan State has the more experienced football team overall, and they're at home, so they get to get a chance to revenge. They get a chance to, you know, make. Uh, you know, as they feel last season, the game that slipped away in the second half and it just got outrageous quick. I'm predicting that Mark D'Antoni and this Spartans team is going to win against Oregon. I think they're going to beat Oregon 
Um, not soundly, because I think Vernon Adams is a great athlete in you know predicting if he even plays or not. Because I know he took a shot last last season against one of his former brothers, one of his former friends, in an Eastern Washington linebacker. And um, you know, if Vernon Adams plays, I think uh, it'll be a fairly close game because that offense they run at a high tempo. That's going to get those Michigan State players pretty tired. Um, but Michigan State, I think they're going to be well prepared. They're going to be, you know, prepared more. They're not going to travel across the country and, you know, getting ready for an up-tempo offense, whereas now they're, you know, I think they're ready for it. They got a little taste of it against Western Michigan last season or last week. You know, it wasn't Oregon, of course, but you get used to an up-tempo offense, and that's why they, you know, make these games where it's like you get prepared for Oregon in a way, you know, you're not playing Oregon, but – you getting played against, you know, you play against that offense, that up-tempo. And I think they're going to be ready. They're well more prepared this season than they were last year. So that's why I'm picking out, you know, Michigan State and the Spartans in this home game, uh, the biggest game of the weekend, I believe. So, yeah, top 10 opponents. It gets no better than that. Um, other games, you know, this weekend, uh, Alabama has a huge one. Notre Dame, they travel to Virginia. Um, that that's going to be a great game. Another great game uh, between the top twenty-five teams is um, Oklahoma and Tennessee. I think this will be an exciting game. This will be a game that's going to be pretty high scoring. Um, Tennessee is a great team to look out for in the SEC. They're ranked number twenty-three right now, but who knows at the end of the season? They're that team. They're kind of like Ole Miss was last season or Mississippi State, where it's like they have a lot of momentum, a lot of returning guys. That team in the SEC, you do not want to play because they're either going to beat you by 20, 30 points or they're going to beat you soundly and just win by five or win by like a last field goal. But they're going to play all four quarters hard. This team, you know, they have a lot of experience in returning um, to their team overall. So it's going to be pretty exciting to see them go against an experienced Oklahoma team. We're going to find out what this Big 12 Oklahoma, what they're really about. And because they have a lot to live up for. I mean, right now they're ranked number 19, but you looking in their conference, you have, you know, you have your TCU. You have not Kansas, by the way, Kwame. I'm not letting you hold up. I'm not letting you get away with it. Not hearing it from me all week, but you got Kansas State. You have, you know, some big time programs. Baylor, you know, I think that offense is. It's ready to go already. Now they get Sean Oakman back this week from his one-game suspension for God knows what. But, you know, going back to Oklahoma, you're going to have to figure out and see where is your team made of. Where, you know, can, you know, that offense move the football, you know, and be consistent with it. They're going to be tested Saturday for sure. Traveling to Tennessee, that's going to be that's that's one of the toughest places to ever play college football. I, I attended the game in Nashville one one time. Those fans are, are crazy; they're nuts. That's a tough environment to take your team, and you got Oklahoma. Now you know they, they they're not too bad for playing on the road, but last couple of seasons they struggled against an opponent like this. They struggled against the SEC overall. So this here, it's it, it's going to be a great impactful game and you know to find out where each program is really at because you know Stoops he's going to get his his guys ready for Oklahoma and 
But can he take them to be ready on the road against uh, Tennessee? I'm not sure. I'm going to take Tennessee at home because I know they have a bunch of exciting players, great receiving core in the offensive end, not great quarterback. Um, hopefully that defense can hold it. I think they will hold up, especially playing at home in front of an impactful crowd. I think Tennessee, the volunteers, are going to take this one. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We're going to take another break. Coming up after the break, we're going to get into our last segment. Uh, definitely NFL season. Finally, the first Sunday is, uh, is officially kicking off. Making predictions, making gestures. Please don't change the dial. Uh, we will be right back. You listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps super bowl previews a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries we'll take your calls and emails right on the air former philadelphia eagle james loving is your host and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art, and competition, Surf Talk Show is a place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and The Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and entertainment that'll keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast on Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Uh, it is Friday. We are winding down on the show. It's too late to call in now, but... Uh, catch us on Monday, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Catch us on Monday. Follow Kwame on Twitter at Kwame Lasseter, first and last name, all together. Uh, today, um, Serena Williams is still making her uh, her quest for another U.S. Open Women's uh, Championship title. Today is the semifinals in which she's about to uh, kick off here against an opponent in Roberta uh, Vinci. And I think Serena's going to take out all her frustration, especially how the media is just picking at her. You know, before we go into football, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, Serena and, you know, this whole media picking at her because I'm not liking it too much. And she, she's getting kind of tired of it. You could tell. 
But I just don't want them to flip this into something that it's not. You know, they're going to make sure they're going to try to find something rude and obnoxious to bring upon Serena Williams's table by asking her ignorant questions because they know she's, you know, going to tell the truth. She's going to tell it how it is, tell it like it is. And, you know, she's at, at that point in her career where she's tired of dealing with the nonsense in which you have to respect. This lady has been dominating the tennis game for the past 10, 15 years, just overall just killing it and putting it on the map, keeping it real relevant. You know, who does not want to watch Serena Williams play tennis, you know, for the game of tennis? That's the number one, you know, person. It's more people that want to see Serena play than, per se, a Nadal or Federer. Not nothing taken away from them, those gentlemen who, you know, who dominate the tennis game at their level. But Serena Williams is very impactful. How how much longer is this going to last? Who knows? I think she has a good three more years in her before, you know, she starts trickling down and maybe, you know, calling the quits, calling the retirement. But I don't want to see the media, you know, do the way, you know, like in the past couple of weeks, Serena has not been. She's just not happy. She's ready to move on. She's tired of talking about, you know, her sister Venus and, you know, that matchup. Let's move on from that. Yeah, I won. Uh, It was a very impactful game. It was very emotional for me. You all know this. I've been saying it for the past 15 years when me and my sister Venus been going at it one another. Let's move on from this. Like, come on. And I understand her frustration. I just don't want to see, you know, the media take it. You know, as a Marshawn Lynch type of standpoint where, you know, I don't want to see Serena go that far and, you know, just start saying, oh, next question, you know why I'm here. But I, I kind of see that attitude, you know, coming along. And that has a lot to do with the media. They want to be ignorant. They want to ask her ignorant questions on purpose. Why? What for? This this woman is a profession. This woman is a champion. She has set the tone for not only tennis players, but for all female athletes, you know, in the world, she is the tone setter. She is the number one, you know, go getter as a woman athlete. Like who else performs better than her right now in today's any game? No one as a woman, no one. She's the hottest ticket out there. So, you know, as for media, I hope they back off a little bit. I don't want to see Serena go down like that, especially, you know, she's getting up there in age. All right, she's getting up there in career. You know, let's. I want to see her end out on that highest note possible because she really deserves it. She's never been in trouble, never got arrested, uh, hasn't taken any steroids that we know of because, you know, somebody's going to find something or the way she takes, a, you know, some type of medicine like a Floyd Mayweather who has a big title match. Um, every match seems like a title match but in the, in the world of boxing, but, you know, Floyd Mayweather gets cited for, you know, the way he takes a drug or the way he takes some type of medicine. He gets cited for something. So I don't want to see them pick at Serena. Like, I mean, she does not deserve it at all, man. She does, She's not out here. She's not flashy. She's not even the number one paid female in her own given sport and what, you know, she is known for on the court of tennis. So I don't want to see them, you know, try to nag at her, to try to pull something, try to bring her down like a Tiger Woods. They bring him down every single time. Why why not let, you know, why not talk her up? Also, Jen Welter, she has made it clear, the former Cardinals intern, lady, first woman um, coaching or coach in the NFL that has ever reached the coaching staff. uh, She's made it clear that she is not walking with Mayweather down the ring to the ringside. Now, she will be at the weigh-in. She will be on this side at the weigh-in, but she has made it clear she is not going down you know, doing the intro walk, 
like a Justin Bieber, like Lil Wayne has done in the past, right beside Floyd Mayweather. And I, I think that's a great move. I don't think, you know, we talked about it yesterday, you know, is she kind of selling out? And we're going to discuss that more Monday, you know, after the weekend, after the weigh-ins, after the, the match uh, with Floyd Mayweather and Berto. Um, you know, is she selling out? I don't think, I think with this move right here where she's saying, you know what, I don't, you know, I don't want to put myself out there to walking him down. I, I, you know, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for letting me be a part of your camp. I will, you know, participate in the weigh-ins. You know, I that's where I respect her at, you know, at a whole. I, she kind of gains respect back from me because I thought she was going to walk down the aisle, you know, try to just be another face on the Mayweather money team and, you know, just be right there on the side. It's just like, oh, this is all, you know, a publicity stunt. I've heard going into the coach in the NFL, whatever. You know, it, it would have been like a huge, you know, publicity deal. And I think Bruce Arians in the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals organization, they deserve a little bit better than that. You know, they, you know, they they did that because they found something within her. And to sell herself out to walking down with you know money Mayweather, I, I think I, I think she did a great deal on you know not accepting that walkthrough to be at the weigh-ins because she respects Floyd Mayweather. She she feels honored to do so. And, what you know, she should. That, that, that guy's 48 no going for number 49. Who wouldn't want to walk down with the champ, with the best boxer in the game right now, or at least to be on his side? So I think it's a great choice that she, you know, pulled back from walking down ringside with him and just, you know, uh, being part of the camp, you know, at the weigh-ins. So look look for that as well. Going back to the NFL, Huge rivalry games, huge games this weekend. Uh, one of the bigger games is Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. Now I'm picking Green Bay in this game. Uh, the reason is it's simple. MVP Aaron Rodgers, he's going to come out. You know, first half I think it's going to be kind of slow. He's not, you know, he has, you know, Randall Cobb returning. He has Devontae Adams in there as well. And uh, he's not going to have, you know, his old buddy, old pal, Jordy Nelson. But he does return to James Jones, who just got released and got picked up by Green Bay. Uh, and I think, you know, he's going to, you know, dismantle this Chicago team, in which he always does year after year. Chicago, you still have Jay Cutler. I don't know when, I don't know what they're, when they're going to learn. Like, you're going to get better by letting that guy go. Just saying. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans. We're going to see what Houston's really made of. Um, that defense with J.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, and then you also have Jadavion Clowney. You know, we're going to see if he's healthy enough to play. But I think that KC offense is just too much for that defense. They're going to be tested, though, um, with J.J. Watt on that defensive end. But Alex Smith, Jamal Charles, Nile Davis, uh, Jeremy Macklin, you know, it, it's it's just too too much power on that offensive end. Cleveland and the New York Jets, this is going to be the funniest game to watch all weekend just to see, you know, where both of these teams are at. Um, you know, they both have quarterback issues, both have strong defenses. Uh, you know, Coach Bowles get to make his debut at home. Uh, I think, you know, the Jets are going to find a way to win this game. It's going to be a low-scoring game, though. I'll tell you that much. Indiana, Indianapolis, and Buffalo, I'm taking my Colts. Uh, Buffalo, even with Marsalius, uh Darius signing a huge deal, $60 million guaranteed. Uh, he's Remember, he's suspended for the first game. So look out. I think Indianapolis is going to win that game. Miami, Washington, I think the Dolphins are going to win. Uh, good luck to Kirk Cousins making his home debut as a starting quarterback. Carolina, Jacksonville, I think Carolina's going to it's going to be an interesting game, but I think Cam Newton's going to find a way to win. Seattle, St. Louis, I think it's the biggest game of the weekend. 
uh, alongside New Orleans Saints and Arizona Cardinals. I'm predicting the Cardinals are going to win at home. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, but I think Seattle's going to beat St. Louis. They have, you know, that chip on their shoulder from last season. Detroit, San Diego, I think the Lions are going to win. Tennessee, Tampa Bay, the battle of the first two picks of the NFL draft. Uh, James Winston's going to find a way to beat Marcus Mariota this time around. Cincinnati, Oakland, Cincinnati, Denver, Baltimore. It's going to be a huge game. Baltimore, I think they're going to win on the road. Peyton Manning, I don't think he's there yet. Sunday night football, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is going to, you know, they're going to win this game. It's going to be a close game, I think, this season. Uh, Odell Beckham has a lot to say about it, but I believe that Dallas is going to come out on top. Atlanta, Philadelphia, great way to kick off Monday night uh, football. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to win at home, and also San Francisco 49ers hosting the Super Bowl. They're going to be hosting the Minnesota Vikings, in which they're going to take a loss because the Vikings are going to win. Adrian Peterson is going to go off. We are out of time. I got to get out of here. It's Friday. Happy Friday. Happy, uh, you know, September 11th to everyone. You know, always remember, never forget. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we will catch you Monday. Peace. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>